Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high achieving working moms come to learn how to stop over drinking, reduce overwhelm and anxiety, and show up like the players they were meant to be. I'm your host, Angela Masenek, and let's dig in. Welcome to episode 70, Advanced Listener Questions. Hi guys, how are you? Just so the audience knows, I've got three amazing guests on the podcast today. We have Lori, Stephanie, and Anna, who have actually worked with me um, in the past and are currently working with me. And I posted a random post on my social media accounts recently and asked any questions that they wanted answered on the podcast. And they all you know, came back and had some really sort of advanced questions that they wanted to dive deeper into. And I thought, well, instead of me just answering them to a blank audience, we could have them on the podcast and sort of talk through some of the questions that they wanted answered. So we've got some really good topics here. We're talking about um, why we tend to make things harder than we really need to. <laughs> We're talking about comparing ourselves to other others and then working on the decision to drink and not to drink and working through the desire for alcohol when we may have made some progress and sort of want to take it to the next level. So I think we're going to talk to Stephanie first about why we tend to make things harder. This was Stephanie's question. Why do we tend to make things harder than they actually need to be? So Stephanie, why don't you give us a little bit of background to that question? Yeah, I was just, I had had a day where I went off my drink plan that I had made. And I just was, you know, you asked that question on Facebook and I was just like, the first thing that came to my head was, you know, why am I making this so much harder than it has to be? I have the tools that you have given us and yet I just still make it very difficult in my mind. Like my thought is that this is hard mm-hmm. and it just, it's not, I don't understand why I'm not just doing what I'm supposed to be doing or what I signed up to do. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So you know what I like to ask when there's a question, right? (laughs) What's your, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) If you had to answer that question, what does your brain say? Why do you make this hard? Because I don't want to admit that it's all within my my power, Mm. that it's all me, that there's no outside influences. It's not you know, my kids or COVID or the sale of my house or anything, it's all me. And that's really hard to admit sometimes because it just absolutely puts all the pressure on yourself. Pressure, Mm -hmm. I mean, responsibility, I think is a Mm -hmm. better word. Mm -hmm. But why don't you want the responsibility for that? Because when I when I don't follow my plan or don't follow what I said I'm going to do, then I just feel like, I I use the example of I feel like a hypocrite because like there's diabetics in my family and I had always been like, well, hell, if my life depended on it, I could stop drinking. I could stop, you know, eating sugar. What's wrong with them? And here, you know, I've had some bad blood tests and stuff and I know this isn't good for me and yet I'm still having a hard time doing it. So it's, I guess it's easier when you blame it on other things than just realize that, you know, it's all within you, mm-hmm. you know, so what I'm it, sure. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, what would it mean if you just decided that you were the only one? 
that was responsible for your outcome? It would mean that I'm the only one responsible for my outcome. <laughs> yeah, it would so mean that maybe... I, I couldn't blame anybody else for yeah. anything. Like it's all 100% me. It's not my husband. It's not, it's just, it's me, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, I guess it's a scary thought. Mm. I'm responsible is scary. Yeah, mm. it is because which is weird because I'm so responsible in so many other aspects of my life, but in this one thing, I feel very irresponsible. And it, and it's, it's a scary thought to, to have to be responsible for this thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and struggling with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I was responsible and not struggling, well, that, you know, that would be okay. But you know, those two things go in hand in hand that it's me, but I'm still struggling with it. Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about too, in that post that like, so what if you fail? Like you're making the failures if you don't follow your drink plan or, you know, what you said you were going to do means something about you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It means that I, that I'm the failure, mm-hmm. that I'm just not, you know, I'm not a good role model. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, a good mother, a good wife. I'm just, it, it's, yeah, I make it so much more about than just having, you know, a couple of drinks that I didn't plan for. Right. So like in the original, I think the original post was you had one extra drink, you had planned for one and you had two. Right. Right. And you made that one extra drink mean that you're a failure and you're, you know, not taking responsibility and like this huge, big drama session in your mind that you're not doing it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just totally set off a completely negative day. Yeah. So getting back to your question is like, why do we make things harder? (laughs) And we do that just because of our brains, right? Right. Because our default programming is that we always go to the negative. So if you can't be, you know, if you're the only one responsible and you can't even stick to your drink plan, then that means you're a failure, which are all just thoughts in your head, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason why we're making it harder is because you're allowing that brain of yours to run wild with shameful, regretful, horrible thoughts that don't make you feel good, right? And that just will feed into that cycle of when you feel like a failure, what do you tend to do? I drink more because I'm like, well, hell with it. I failed already. So what's the big deal? Yeah. You know? And this is all over just one extra drink that you had, which doesn't mean anything, right? It's a totally neutral circumstance. Yeah. 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 Just, I, you know, I just expect myself to be perfect in this yeah. and, you know, when I, when I'm not, mm-hmm. it just, so wouldn't it be a totally different experience to like, just, you, you know, you would plan to have one drink you had two, And instead of thinking, why do I make these, make it so much harder than it needs to be like, so what I had two drinks instead of one. I think because then I'm worried that I'm giving myself permission out giving myself permission to the next time that mm-hmm. happens to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, well you had one extra. So what, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to feel like, um, like, okay, that's fine. You did it. And now mm-hmm. go on with your day kind of thing. Does yeah. that make sense? It totally makes sense. And this is what everybody thinks, by the way, they just, they're like, well, I don't want to just give myself a pass because I don't do it again. But what you're doing is you're being hard on yourself, which causes you to feel bad and then you're drinking anyway. So it's not working. Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting that you ease up and feel more compassion and more curiosity and do the evaluations that we talk about in the program, right? Like sit down and like, what were you thinking in that moment that caused you to drink? Uncover that and then move on. But it doesn't need to be a big spin out, hard, drama filled thing if it's just one drink, right? You learn from, learn something from it and go on, but we don't need to keep perpetuating that shame and regret and failure type feelings right yeah i have to stop writing like evaluation i had fucking more drinks than i was supposed to have right you know? right I mean, you got <laughs> <laughs> it's just you got to get so factual it's just like had one drink planned had one more why i had this thought that led to this feeling that drove me to have that extra drink and that's it. Like, those are the facts, right? Right. And then you can move on. It doesn't right. need to be this big cascade of events. So, the, so why we make it harder, just to get back to that original question, is because of how we're thinking about what we're doing. That's what makes it hard. That's I'm it. being too emotional about it. I'm not being factual about it. I'm just Yeah, being you're, you're getting uh, into more drama mode, into a story, versus sticking with the facts of the situation. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Good. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, I don't think so. Okay. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Lori, you're up. You wanted to mm -hmm. talk about um, your desire for alcohol and you making decisions to drink and reducing right. that desire. Like, you want to not want it. So, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Right. So, um, when I started working with you like six months ago now, I, my goal was just to not want it. Like mm -hmm. I might would, would say to myself, I just want to not want it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm still not there yet. So there's been a period of time lately where I did notice myself start drinking off plan because the plan was no plan drinks. And it was interesting putting together the fact that I didn't calendar those two weeks. I told myself I wasn't over drinking because I wasn't drinking as much as I had in the past, but it was still like over drinking. But, um, the, the thing I, not that I was happy about, but I just wasn't nearly as upset with myself about it, but it was more just a, you're not there yet. You want to be there, but you're not there yet. And to not put like a timeline on myself. Cause I, I felt like, a, a six month time frame would be like the end of this, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, um, who knows what that is. I, and now, now my, I've gone back to the scheduling a welcome of the urge. Like I know it's going to come. I want to be mm -hmm. conscious about it. Cause I, for those two weeks, I was just like unconscious. I was back into that. Like I want that. And then like, boom, I have a glass of wine in my, in my hand. Like where, how did that happen? You know, it's just like, there it is. So that consciousness, but yeah, I think um, for so many of the listeners and people in the program and, you know, even you who I've coached, you know, in the past, it's like, we don't want to think that we have to do this work forever. <laughs> but right. Like, but that's, but like managing your mind is something that I think that we should want to do forever. Right. So like committing yeah. for me, I think in my own growth and reduction of the desire to drink is like, I made a hard commitment to myself that I don't make in the moment decisions for alcohol. 
mm-hmm. like ever again, you know, like it just didn't happen when we make in the moment decisions for alcohol. That's why we have desire in the first place, because your primitive part of your brain is like, Ooh, that sounds good. Let's have a glass. Even if it's just one. Right. Right. And, yeah. And, and you have the one glass and then the next day, Ooh, that was fun. Let's do that again. Have another glass. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you keep answering that call in the moment and then your desire just keeps builds over time. So after two weeks, you're like, Oh my God, I really yep, want to like, stop to this. Here we are yeah. again. But it's, yes. it's not because there's something wrong with your brain at uh-huh. all. Like your brain is totally functioning normal, right? That's exactly yep. where we got here in the first place of years and years of answering those in the moment calls to drink. Right. So, so forever I-, I decided I will never make those in the moment decisions. And because I've made that decision, I just, it, it, by default, I'm not drinking because it never makes enough sense to me. To, to make a decision it. to drink, because if I'm not trying to satisfy an urge or try to get away from a feeling, I can't find a good enough reason to drink. Right. And I, you yeah, know? and I, exactly. And that's, that's why I, you know, with my, I just want to not want it. It's, you know, it's, it's an interesting realization I'm coming to that. I just don't think I want that Friday night drink. Like that's mm-hmm. just, I just like, why is, is where I'm getting to. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And it, it's just, it's understanding what thought I'm having and then having to make that, that consciousness. So, yeah. Yeah. So what and was I remember, working, so what was working for you before that you had a, um, an anniversary or something that you had a planned drink for, right? More than a planned drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> did you plan to drink a bottle of wine? Yeah, I did actually. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Way too much. Um, I wonder why you made that decision. I don't know. Um, okay. Oh gosh. You don't like that, that answer. Um, <laughs> we were having, okay, here's why we were having yeah. steak and lobster. It was at the, like we were, it was, we were at the house. We couldn't go out and there was a bottle of red and a bottle of white. Mm-hmm. And I may have had more than the one, like, I don't know that he had as much, but we, at the end of the night, those two bottles were gone and I probably had more than just the one. So mm-hmm. that was, and so, yeah, that was the reason. So, but, no, no, but why did you decide ahead of time to drink the whole bottle? Like, did you decide the day before to drink the whole bottle? Um, yeah, like the week before. It's so interesting because you hadn't been drinking that much. Yeah, it hit me bad. That, and that was not good. Yeah. So why? <laughs> why would I just I'm just curious, like, why well, did it was you like, make that okay, decision? Um, it was anniversary, 30 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, that would not be a lot of alcohol for me in the past, mm-hmm. but I mean, like literally I hadn't had a lot to drink in months. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it just didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. Mm. So, so you put a whole bottle on your drink plan. Yeah. Okay. Half so red, maybe half white. I think, yeah. you know, like in, in retrospect, right. It's all 2020, yep. right. Mm-hmm. Like next time <laughs> you make a drink plan, maybe you don't put a bottle of wine on there. The glass, right? Right. <laughs> well, I'm really moving towards you know my drink plan is no planned drinks, mm-hmm. like you know, and I want to work through what those urges are, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm working on the calendaring and just that honoring the commitments on that that calendar. So, so like, what did you learn about drinking that bottle of wine? Was it fun? Um, in the moment, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- um. It, but 
it, it's okay. And then you have that, that worksheet about the, um, like describing each sip and things. Oh, the tedious, powerful. The worksheet. tedious, powerful. Yes. And so, and I didn't have it with me, but I had done it before because I would use this on my Fridays and the feeling after like, like that evening was just way beyond that buzzing feeling. I mean, it was like, oh, this is like, why did I like to feel like this? Like, this is a very familiar mm. feeling. Um, and then I do remember thinking about my liver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be kind to my liver. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that was not kind to my liver. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were kind of the things that I was thinking about. But so like if you were to plan that again, like when you look at this worksheet and, and look back at the experience of it, it was maybe mm-hmm. fun for the first couple drinks. And then after that, it lost its appeal. Yes. Because then, yeah, because with me, I'll just keep drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, and I got into that point. Mm-hmm. So maybe just so. You, you like the, the silver lining here is that you had to learn something. You had to have that experience so that you don't put a bottle of wine on your drink plan again. Yes. Be curious about about, oh, you know, what would happen if I drink a bottle of wine? Now you know. Now I know. I don't, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what, so like the last glass of wine I had, I always come back to that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what a glass of wine is Mm -hmm. like. I know what the taste is. I know what the, 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 the buzz or the fuzziness, the sort of veil, I call it, that comes over my mind. I know exactly what that is. And so I don't need to experience that again. Like, I just feel, because I was so aware of that, like, and I remember it just not being super, like, important or right. something that was old. Like, I'm just like, I know what that's like. So every time I think about drinking again, and I do, like, it comes up on, like, big occasions or, mm-hmm. you know, the holidays. I'm like, oh, I could, I could consider having it. I go back to remembering that. And I'm like, why? I don't need to feel that again. Yes. Yeah. So that was, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So what, like, what do you, how do you, where do you want to go with it? You want to just not drink? I want to not drink at all. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I want to be the woman that just doesn't drink that my husband would just say, Oh, Lori, you know, if someone says something like, Hey, you guys want some beer? Oh, Lori doesn't drink, but we'll Mm -hmm. have, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just not have it even be a situation, an issue like mm-hmm. a cigarette. I don't, mm-hmm. don't even think about that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, so yeah. I would, I would, keep, I'm getting there. Yeah. Keep doing, like, keep making the plan with the no drinks on it, mm-hmm. processing those urges, being willing to feel them, like welcome them in the whole, yeah. the whole bit. Yeah. I definitely like the welcoming of the, the urge. Mm-hmm. It puts you so much more in control of it than it just like you're being it happening to you. Then you're like, no, I'm choosing to have this. Right. Right. Now. I like that. Yeah. Okay. For me, that works really nice. Good. Yeah. Right. Anything you. else? No. Okay. Good. All right, Anna, you're up. Okay. You wanted to talk about comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. I'm so glad that Lori can welcome the urge because I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> see there goes the comparison right there right there you go. it's 5 30 and i don't feel like welcoming the urge i'm glad she feels like that yeah <laughs> it's a good test well i'm gonna do it i'll be doing it but i i do feel angela like um even you know stephanie and i have been talking for a while now too i mean 
when she's beating herself up about over drinking two drinks, I'm like, damn girl, I wish I could beat myself up over, over drinking two drinks because this weekend I overdrank and had a whole bottle. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just, that tape of just someone's always, I don't want to mean doing better, but like doing better, like, you know, what they're better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you think like Stephanie's experience, let's just use her for an example, her over drinking one extra drink when she only had planned one is like amazing. Yes. Like that would be your goal. Right. But for her, it's just as miserable for her that it is yeah. for you to drink that whole bottle yeah. of wine. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I mean, it's not just about drinking. So you can compare mm-hmm. yourself to anything. I, I, you know, I, when this whole COVID thing started, I stopped with the Facebook because mm-hmm. I was just sick of hearing, you know, silly stuff or just mm-hmm. depressing things. So, but I mean, mm-hmm. I think as humans, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to other people, but mine can be, uh, Um, extremely unhealthy like where it's just like well you're never any good at this you know Mm -hmm. can you give me a recent example of when when you did that I don't know I mean I think you know I gosh I I look at you know people and girls like well okay in the program you have a lady who you know lost what is she she's complaining she only lost like uh, 10 pounds in a month and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god I think that's glorious you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's a good example of it so tell me what your thoughts are when you see somebody celebrating that they lost 10 pounds in a month. Like, I wish I could do that or I've done that, but I should have done better. Mm. Mm. So how do you feel when you think that? Defeated. Yeah. And then usually what happens when you feel that way? Um, well, I don't go to your thought model and just write it down. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um I feel defeated and usually I'll go down in like that spiral, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it may not, what I've learned recently though, is it may not happen all right at that time. It may, yes. I may get through a couple days and be like, you know what, you got this. And then a couple days later, something happens. Either I'll have a planned drink and over drink, or I'll have a not planned drink and drink anyway, mm-hmm. or I'll eat too much of something. So it's not necessarily right in the moment, but right. when I look back through my extensive journaling, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll come back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like something, it's like a quick little hit of like the thought comes into your mind. Oh, yeah. I should have done better. I could have lost 10 pounds this month too. Yeah. And then we forget about it. Right. But you kind of carry that defeatness, which is like an underlying current yeah. that's, that's happening. And then something else will happen or another thought will come in and you'll just be like, fuck it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so then do you ever drink or eat from that place? Of course, all the time. But okay. like I said, it might not be instant. Instantaneous. Right. It may yeah. be, I may make up an excuse like, oh, cool. It's Friday night. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to have a virtual drink. Right. One that turns into three. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I get myself back on track like two days later, mm-hmm. but it's not. And one thing I re-listened to one of your podcasts, um, the one on, uh, progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when Laura and Stephanie were talking, I'm like, God, do they see how far they've come? And I see how far they've come. And I know I've come far from mm-hmm. not, I'm not like some of your poster children where they're like, awesome, awesome. But it's a hell of a lot better than when it was in January. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just even the self-confidence, the feeling better about it, mm-hmm. the at least having a thought process around you know, did I plan my drinks instead of mm-hmm. just being wantonly out there and wide open? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so why am I still bringing up these thoughts of everybody else? Why can't I just stay in my lane? Mm-hmm. 
So if we, like I did to Stephanie, if you had to answer that question, what would you say? Why do I keep comparing myself to other people? Because I enjoy the pain of it. I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like really think about that. Like why do you compare yourself to other Probably because of lack of self-confidence. Hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, probably. So, so what is that? What is that thought in your head? You should be doing better. Mm-hmm. You should be doing better. You should work harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you have a belief system that you're not doing enough. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, I'm writing that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's in life in general. Yeah. So you have a belief that's like, again, that underlying current that you're not doing enough. And then when other people post successes or you know, even a failure that's not as big as one that you've had, you come back to, I could have done better. Yeah. How'd you, yeah. you're brilliant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how do I fix it? Tell me what the thought was again that you. I'm not doing enough. I should have done better. But it was, what did we uncover there? I forgot. No. Um, what did you write down? The underlying current is mm-hmm. just that I, I've got probably self-confidence. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and it's particularly about looks. It's not necessarily about smarts or, mm-hmm. you know, it's more about weight and, you know, stuff that quite frankly, when we all go to our graves, it really doesn't matter. Right. Seriously, like there's so many bigger issues yeah. in the world right now yeah. than the number on the scale, right? Or having two glasses of wine versus one. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Okay, can't you walk me through the thought model to fix this? <laughs> so if you thought that what you were doing is enough, what would that mean? How would things change for you? I guess I would, I mean, but then it always looks like, like the perfect, like when you talk about progress, not perfection, like the not drinking, you know, Mm -hmm. like just, just not drinking, just Mm -hmm. only eating no carbs and no, no flour, no sugar. Mm -hmm. That looks like enough, like when Mm -hmm. it's perfect. Mm -hmm. But what would be enough for you in your own like results and actions that would be enough so that when you see somebody else doing something different, you're like, Oh, I've got myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's their own result because of their own thoughts. I've got what I'm doing in my life is enough. Probably not the continual disappointing myself Mm -hmm. because every time I go off the drink plan or every time I don't uphold a promise to myself, I feel like if I could just stay with the promise that I gave to myself, Mm -hmm. That would start, I think, because okay. that starts the downward spiral. Yeah. So you would feel like it was enough if you honored your commitment to yourself. Right. Okay. How can you be enough when that doesn't happen? That's a good question. How can okay. you, this is like, we've talked about this before, right? Like, how can you be okay and be enough exactly where you are in this very moment with everything that you're doing? Well, kind of like what you said, because what you're supposed to be doing is exactly what you are doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to be perfect, right, as humans. Right. And we have to expect that we're going to have failures on the way and struggles and obstacles to overcome. Right. And all of that is part of the process. And when you think 
somebody else is doing it better than you. You don't see all of that, right? Right. So the getting back to this topic of comparing yourself to other people, what is that result creating for you in it's, your life? When you think I should have done better. Completely. And the circumstances, somebody shares a success or somebody shares a struggle that is minor compared to mine. But you know what? I'm happy for them. Like I'm thrilled for Stephanie. I mean, I see. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you have a thought about you, right? That you should have done better. Right. Right. Because I'm not, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's arguing that at all. (laughs) Nobody's saying that. For myself as I am for her, because I don't see my own shit. Like it's so when like, you have a thought about yourself and comparing yourself to other people and thinking I should have done better, that creates a result for you in your life of not doing things that right. you wanted to do. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just distracting you from getting to work when you have point. thoughts about other people. Right. I thought about it as a distraction. Yeah. Because like when you feel defeated, you said, I don't go do the thought work. I don't run models. I might in a day the next day I might eat or drink off plan. Right. Right. It just continues the spiraling. Yeah. You stay stuck like a, where you are. It's all, it's almost like having a drink in a way, probably yeah. in a way. Cause it's almost like Facebooking or whatever else. Cause I'm thinking about that instead of thinking about. Yeah. You're thinking how you should have done better. And that's occupying space in your mind instead of looking at what you have done. That's working. Right. Okay. So when you, when you start worrying about what other people are are doing and comparing yourself to them, it just prevents you from having the growth that's available to you. Okay. It's just a distraction from that. That's such a great point. And I didn't even see it like that. I thought I was trying to be motivating to myself or something, but instead it's just. No. Yeah. Like if you, if you had that thought, I should have done better. And then you felt motivated and maybe for some people that thought would create motivation for them. Right. Yeah. I don't know anybody who would do that, but, <laughs> but like some people might have a different feeling than defeated. Yeah. But for you, you're feeling defeated when you think that and defeated does, that is one of those emotions that does not drive massive action to accomplish any goals, right? It, it's retracting. It, it brings you backwards. It keeps you stuck. That's a great point. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what is a thought that you could have? I'm happy for them. Or I'm on my way. Make it about you. Make it about you again. Oh, I'm on my way. I'm doing, I'm, I'm making good progress. Mm -hmm. I'm a hell of a lot better than I was in January or Mm -hmm. December. And Mm -hmm. I've written that some, Mm -hmm. but that's not my first thought. Yeah. I think I have to start doing like what you told Stephanie one time to do, like write it down 40,000 times. Yes. Yes. You know? (laughs) This, yes. Yeah. It's not my initial thought, but you know, you're on your way. You were making yes, progress. I like that. You're on your way. You're making your own progress, right? Your story is different. You don't know the whole story <laughs> for them, right? Right. Yeah. Perfect. And just like for everybody listening now, like this is the, the work of changing your brain so that when you think something, it becomes automatic and it doesn't happen overnight. Like this one sentence, like that she wants to think differently now is I'm on my way. Like there's work that's now involved for her to change her brain permanently to think that automatically, right? Right. And that's that's the writing it every day and journaling and staying committed to that thought until it becomes. Until next time I ask you, what do you think when somebody shares something? You're like, oh, I'm on my way. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to be committed to that work 
and to that new thought, just like you've been committed to this old story that what you're doing isn't enough. Got it. So if you think about all the years you've thought that. Oh yeah. Right. right? It makes sense. Like it's going to take a little bit of effort, time and effort for you to change it. Yeah. To this new way of thinking. Right. Yeah. I just wish yeah. I could snap my fingers and like have like three weeks you have a ch yeah. change. So yeah. I have, that's the, that instant gratification that we're all after. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Well, that's that's the the three amazing advanced questions that we wanted to cover today. Do any of you guys want to add anything? Did you learn something from each other that you wanted to comment on? Feel free to just talk. Yeah, I learned from Anna just um, that question about how can I be enough when I don't honor my commitment? Because that's that calendaring is a commitment to me, and I'm not quite there. And it's um, and where I go with that is acceptance of where I am now. And it took me a good six months to get there and just to be in a place of discovery and learning about my growth and just putting myself that this is a fun challenge right now. I would never have thought that six months ago. Never. I had to convince you that you needed a calendar in the first place. Yes, you did. And I'm still <laughs> not a hundred percent on the calendar, but I have it. And I am, I'm learning a lot about myself through this process. Yes. <laughs> a yes. Lot, but, but it's kind of that same thing of that honoring the commitment yeah. and it's so exciting when you can see that you do honor a commitment, mm -hmm. even if it's mm -hmm. just for a day or a week, because mm -hmm. you know it can happen. <laughs> it is like about that B minus work that I talk about in progress, not perfection, right? So if you guys could all just be okay with like doing the B minus and making progress and you see progress month after month and week after week and acknowledge that process, that progress and where you, how far you've come. It's just a totally different scenario than like having to be perfect and judging yourself and saying I'm not good enough, right? Yeah. So yeah. B minus work can get you really, really far in this yes. work. It's yeah. above average, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when you start thinking perfection is when you start snowing, snowballing. Breaking out. Word yes. that, yeah. You know, because you weren't perfect. So yeah, that right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I have found that writing, I write my, and this made me chuckle because of what Anna just said, <laughs> but I write down in my journal every day, it, whether, whatever my drink plan is, I write it down 20 times. And then I've been 20 times writing down some kind of positive affirmation every day, even on the days when I'm not feeling that great about mm -hmm. myself. It just, it makes it, I don't know, it just sparks a little something thing in me that mm -hmm. you know it don't always look at all don't don't look at the bad all the time look mm -hmm. at the, the like they could what you're just saying Angela like, you know look at the positive stuff mm -hmm. and how far you've come since mm -hmm. January yeah so it's we need to you know we need to focus more in on on what we have done and not yes. what we have or at done. least give yourself equal playing field like okay if you're gonna shit on yourself <laughs> you also have to say the equal <laughs> amount of amazing things exactly <laughs> right <laughs> Yes. <laughs> As a rule. So, and then end on the good stuff, right? That's a very good point. <laughs> right. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Does anybody have any sort of final comments? I think no. that's going to be the quotation for the day. If you're going to shit on people, <laughs> have playing field with positive stuff. And end on the yeah. positive. Yeah. I need a yeah. new tattoo right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being on the show and listeners, you guys need to get your notebooks out and go back and take notes on this and always 
message me, email me, comment on Facebook if you'd like any questions answered, and maybe you'll be on the podcast next. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. 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 Hey, did you guys like what you just heard? That is a very good example of what a group coaching call is like inside my program, Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. If you're interested in getting coaching on some un- underlying beliefs that you have about your abilities to stop over drinking or what you make it mean when you drink, please request a call with me and see if joining my amazing group program where you get to be around awesome, smart, capable badass women like the ladies on this call and we'll see if it's a good fit so the link to request a call from me is in the show notes and i look forward to speaking to you soon talk to you next week bye for now